When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. So you want to be a rock and roll star? No? Well, how about a podcast star? Well, as it turns out, there's a new all-in-one platform just for you. It's called Anchor, and it's the easiest way to make a podcast. And check this out. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And then Anchor will distribute the podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify and Apple Podcast and, you know, everywhere else in, uh, in podcast land. And what's even better, you can actually make money from your podcast. Go figure. Uh, no minimum listenership on that. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So go ahead. Download the free Anchor app right now or go to anchor.fm to get started. So what are you waiting for? Podcast stardom is within your reach. I'm Lior Phillips, host of This Must Be The Gig. We're a weekly podcast that documents everything about the world of live music. Speaking with choreographers, costume and set designers, the people who run beloved venues and festivals, and, of course, speaking with musicians about that one gig that changed their lives. Get your peek behind the curtain at consequenceofsound.net, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. And welcome to another edition of Kyle Meredith with the interview series presented by WFPK at WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound and the Consequence Podcast Network. Uh, first off, I'll, as usual, I want to say uh, hello and thanks to you all who subscribe to the series, who uh, check in every single week, listen to the multiple interviews. I always appreciate your comments. Thank you for doing that. Uh, really, just thank you for listening. It's so appreciated these days. If you're not a subscriber, uh, maybe, who knows, maybe you'll get uh, inspired by the end of this to, to head over to one of the places where you can become a subscriber, which is really wherever you get your podcast from. That includes iTunes and Apple Podcast and Spotify and YouTube, Podchaser, Stitcher, Anchor, Acast, wherever you get your podcast from. Just type in Kyle Meredith with subscribe. We'll uh, bring a new interview to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. 
because it's a great way to keep up with your favorite artists and discover new musicians and uh, and really just know what's happening in the music world. Again, that's uh, Kyle Meredith with wherever you get your podcast from. And with that, hello, I am Kyle Meredith. Today, I'm going to be talking with Hayam. I always love talking with this trio, one, because they're fun and they just kind of riff off of each other. And it makes for a really fun interview, but also because they're one of my favorite bands. Uh, all three of their records so far have just been amazing, and we're going to get into that, especially how this third one kind of differs from the second one. Uh, a lot to do with studio confidence, that they'll tell you. The subconscious writing that plays a big part in a lot of these songs, the uh, the sisterhood that you hear in the single Hallelujah. And we'll also talk about citing influences within their writing. You know, I, I think I probably heard it on this record a little bit more than usual, but, but there are plenty of moments where you can listen in uh, on the singles that have been out there and think, oh, I wonder if they took it from this spot. You know, a lot of folks have talked about Lou Reed, Walk on the Wild Side, and the influence that it brought to the first single, Summer Girl. So we're going to get into that one and the sound of this record. Uh, Being sonically in the room was uh, a big hope that they had when they went into recording this time around. So I want to hear about that as well. And in the relationship with director Paul Thomas Anderson, he's been doing a lot of their music videos lately. You'll also get the story behind that one. So without further ado, let's get into it. It's Kyle Meredith with Hiam. It's been so great hearing all of these songs that are leading to this new record with Women of Music Part 3. You know, I've been a fan since the beginning, but there's something about this set that is whole next level. So I'll just throw this out there as a congratulations. I love what you all are doing right now. Thank you so much. Thank you. Wow. Starting it out on a high note, Kyle. (laughs) I'm really loving this. I'm already so in it if you will. I have to overcompliment you because my questions just go downhill after that. That's, you know, it's... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. I'm ready, Kyle. I'm ready. I I, I do want to ask, you know, the difference, it does feel like the setup is a lot different between this record and where you all uh, started with the second record because I think around that second album, the sophomore record, you you all were talking a lot about uh, the pressure of having to write songs and I don't know if writer's block was a part of it, but I sort of got that feeling that it was there if that's correct that doesn't seem to be there this time is that is that a fair assessment I don't know I I feel like I think the difference between our last album and this album is the the freedom with technology Uh, just being able to you know with streaming and stuff like just being able to release something kind of on a whim and and I think that's what we kind of did with Summer Girl that was the first song that we released with this new batch of music and it was we had never done something released a song where we had just kind of wrote it recorded it and then essentially released it within like two weeks and I think that process really was inspiring to us and we kind of ran with it which by the way that that song right there a complete anthem for that summer too it's the groove of it we all fell in love with it with it so quickly and then, you know, the next songs come out and you get Now I'm In It, which, you know, sounds like an upbeat song until you start hearing about what you all are talking about, the stories behind it and everything. And I think that comes along to, uh, you know, in the interviews that you have done so far, the words most personal record keep coming out. And, and I was wondering, uh, what does it mean to call this the most personal record? Like what, what sets it apart from the first two in that way? I think it just comes from, you know, confidence. I think this is our third record, our third time around the sun when it comes to putting out records. And I think this record, especially, we we're now so confident being in the studio. It's, it's like it's second nature to us now. It's like you just 
go in there and you, you feel comfortable with opening up about things that you've never really opened up about before. And that's kind of what we went into doing this record. You know, I, I hit that song too with Now I Meant It because as I mentioned, it comes on, you're like, oh man, what a cool little rock song and everything. And then you do dig dip into it. And and, and, and I, I think depression is one of the words that comes up. And, and Danielle, maybe this is uh, it pointed towards you. And it's not to say that none of you all yeah. will ever feel depression again, obviously, but does having a document like this song, totally. does that help your future selves in, in any way? I do think, I mean, listen, I feel like songs are, writing songs are very therapeutic. I feel like a lot of artists talk about that, but, you know, I think even while we were writing it, and a lot of times when we're writing songs, we're, we're talking about these words just kind of come out of thin air and you're, and at least for us when we're writing, it's, 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 I feel like these kind of words kind of, yeah, just come from somewhere. And at, at the moment we wrote it, I, I was still, I wasn't like, you know what, this is going to be a song about this. It was just very um, for the moment. And I feel like with a lot of our songs, that happens where you're writing these words and and it's kind of like you're a fortune teller like in a couple months you're like wait holy shit I was really dealing with a lot of shit and what I wrote about a couple months or years ago like this it's kind of playing out in in real life and and I think with that specifically it did kind of help me realize what was going on when I was writing and I was like you know what I'm really I'm in it I'm really fucking just deep in this feeling and I think writing songs for us is therapeutic in that way. By the way, the, the video for that, that's like, um, what, a third of a second? Rostam's sitting at the bar, right? I didn't imagine that. The Rostam is there. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Ariel are in that video for if you blink, you miss them. Did they get paid scale for that? Was that, did they, is, is one second worth the, the paycheck? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They gave us a deal. They gave us a deal. Yeah. But they're still getting royalties. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And I'll bring up uh, Hallelujah as well. That's, that's Danielle's dog. <laughs> Danielle's dog is freaking out. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's okay. Um, Danielle sorry, and Alana need to go in a closet too. <laughs> I know. We Find need our closet. own like closet isolation booth. <laughs> um, the All American ISO booth. Yeah. Uh, hallelujah. I, I want to bring it up too because what what a gorgeous song there. It's obviously different than anything you all have put out before. You know, I have musically vulnerable written down here. Maybe it's because of that acoustic style, because it doesn't seem like the usual Hayam song, which, you know, is great. Was it very different to write? Was it was it as different to write as it sounds to me like it sounds? Uh, Hallelujah actually was one of the fastest songs we wrote on the record. I think that we we've been trying. I mean, we. I think it's no secret that me and my sisters, we love each other. I mean, we fight, but we love each other. <laughs> but I think we always kind of wanted to write a song about being sisters, being family, and being very appreciative. So I think the words were always kind of there, but we never really sat down to write them. And that song actually was written differently. Like, we, we wrote a verses, you know, not we It was very much like each verse was written by each sister. And... You know, it's not like we were like, oh, does this sound good? It was kind of like we sat in silence for a little bit and wrote the verses and then kind of the class after like an hour. And it kind of came together that way. And I think that's why you can kind of feel, I mean, it's a very emotional song and uh, it was super emotional to record. I mean, I was like crying through the whole process. The the only, uh, my verses on the record is like the only pass that I did without like hysterically crying. So that's that made it home. If that says anything, but yeah, it was a really beautiful thing to write that song and then record it. And I, I was really happy when it came out. Well, I, I will say, you know, I, I know you all are, you know, not afraid of a cover. 
throughout the years. And I think one of the most fun things, <laughs> one of the most fun things I, I feel like of being a fan of you all is hearing a new song and sort of trying to hunt a little bit for what the cover would be to match it. What, what maybe the influence, you know, if you want to use that word or something like that. Like when I heard Hallelujah, the guitar part sounds a little bit, it reminds me of Blues Run the Game. Whereas now I'm in it, there's a Savage Garden thing, you know, going on there. And I think, you know, Summer Girl, a lot of people oh you know, have talked about uh, with Lou Reed and Walk on the Wild Side as well. And that's the thing, like, is that something that you all kind of step out on and say, oh, I would love to write a song that sounds like Walk on the Wild Side or, or anything like that? Or, or is that something that kind of creeps up on you all as well? Well, I think with, with Summer Girl, it was definitely, I, I kind of came up with this do-do-do-do-do-do part which obviously when I went into the studio with Ross and when I was kind of explaining like hey I think you know I also think with Summer Girl it's not like a traditional song it doesn't all like hit you over the head with like a melodic part it's just kind of this grooving thing so I remember showing it to him and he was like into it from the jump but until I was like I feel like this part is kind of like a like you know Lou Reed Walk on the Wild Side kind of it reminds me of that then he was like wait a second and started putting you know like stand-up bass on it and really kind of going for a walk on the wild side sonic kind of palette and i think at that point i was like wait this is really working this is this weird like you know and i think i'm just such a big fan of music that you know from samples and stuff of referencing or taking from old songs and putting it into into new ones but i was like you know what let's just fucking go for it like why not but i'm a, i'm obviously such a huge fan of lou reed and you know, he reached out to his estate he has you know he has a writing credit and we just kind of went for it because i felt like at this point it's cool just to reference songs that you love oh absolutely and again it, it sort of adds a different dimension even to as the listener you know which is which is fun you know it's it's sort of like how people would hide stuff in artwork you know and stuff like that kind of gives that extra yeah i mean like there's no with that song it's not like there's any melody that's the same Mm -hmm. as the as the original but it definitely you know the production definitely harkens back to that and so it's important to recognize that i think and and be yeah Yeah. (laughs) oh which by the way the the line walk beside me not behind me uh have have, we've used that all the time around the house now it's one of my you know for various different reasons too it it, we we keep keep multi-purposing that line right there i love it thank you i love that uh, and, and we'll get you a t-shirt that says it we'll get that to you i would love that we'll figure that out we'll, absolutely we'll, we'll up our merch game that's a great idea for merch and we'll credit you <laughs> thank you um and and, and to keep further the over complimenting as i promised the sound of the drums on this record the sound of the guitars you know even on the new single with the steps and everything it's so cool because it almost sounds raw and, and sometimes accidental when you could tell, you know, maybe it's obviously not or anything. But however you all captured this, uh, I, I love it. And, and that's, I guess I'll put it in question form, too. Are you all doing something Thank different you. with all of that that you hadn't done before? Because I guess that, that really hadn't stood out to me like that before. Yeah, I think, you know, sonically, we really wanted it to sound like we're kind of in the room a lot. And I mean, I'm sure you know, like, it's very hard for recorded instruments, at least for us, it's been really hard to sonically pinpoint things that like unique to us and also super raw. I feel like it's actually really hard to sonically get that in the studio and make it not sound like slick or uh, and obviously I feel like we just used a shit ton of room mics. Like, you know, we wanted shit to sound super airy and that's, it's a really, it's like kind of trial and error getting 
getting that sound, but we really wanted to sound raw. But yeah, it's it's it weirdly takes a long time to get something to sound like that. <laughs> At least in our experience, but we realized that you got to use a lot of room mics, and yeah, that's what we've kind of figured out. A lot of singing in the bathroom. Oh, <laughs> where you get the best sounding vocal takes. Yeah. But yeah, Danielle played all the drums on the record. I don't know if you knew that. I mean, she's played drums on like on literally every one of our records. But I think a lot of that also comes from you know my sister's got finesse, man. <laughs> she knows how to play those. She knows how to play those drums. Yeah, that's in the latest video too. That's how it ends, right? Just going off on the drums right there yeah. at the end. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot of like uh, ringy snares on this album. Kind of open, ringy, not 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 very tight sounding snares. <laughs> yeah. It looks like a big cathartic moment. And uh, I should bring up the, I, I know we're coming at the end of this time-wise, but I want to bring up the videos too, because, you know, you guys are once again working with Tom, Paul Thomas Anderson on these. And I thought it really harkens back, you know, as as we are all growing up to the era, the MTV era where big directors are always used for the music videos. I do love that even if it's out of convenience or friendship that you all are keeping that tradition alive in a certain way. But mm-hmm. what what is Thank the reason? You. Why why do you all keep going back uh, to him time and time again? Uh, is there any specific reason? I mean, is it even a I mean, is, is it, that, does it is even need to be a question? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, Paul is Paul. He's a genius. He's a genius, and he's like so much fun to work with. And like we're like we honestly like we kneel at the temple of Paul Thomas Anderson. Like he's so. Yeah. I think as an, as a musical artist, as a musical artist, it's kind of hard. I mean, like, no, it's, it's hard to find. I mean, these videos are so crazy to, to begin with. It's like when we, you know, when we first started making, I mean, our first video forever we did with our friend and we did it for like 200 bucks and we were just riding around. We were just like, Oh, let's just ride around on some like mopeds, you know? And <laughs> it's, as much time as you spend on, at least for us, like recording like these songs and spending so much time like trying to get your vision out onto tape for an album, like we've on our first album, we would, we would make these music videos in like one day and not really have that much time to even think about it. So you know, music videos are really it's they can be really hard. So obviously, when we just feel so lucky to be working with Paul because we feel like we're just in such great hands and. It's really, yeah, it's been, it's been really amazing. Well, I love seeing what you all come up with and, and beyond the visuals, obviously I'm talking about the music too. Uh, Women in Music Part 3, everything that I've heard so far sounds amazing. And it's always so much fun talking to you all. You all are a blast for an interview. So thank you for taking the time to do oh, this man. and thank you for the music. Thank, oh, you. thank you. Hopefully we'll see you next time we thank play Bonnaroo. So Absolutely. We'll make it happen. Yeah, that'd be awesome. awesome. Amazing. You all take care. Thank you so much. Bye. It was back in 2013, the first time that I ever got to meet the uh, the Hyam sisters, which were well on their way to uh, ruling the world at that point, especially uh, following up their South by Southwest 2012 gig, a show that I was actually at. Uh, the show that, that they talked about was sort of the life-changing moment uh, during that South by Southwest trip. So here we are talking backstage at Bonnaroo, thus all the uh, the wind noise and everything. You'll have to excuse the mics on this one. Uh, I got the scoop on their history, getting named BBC Sound of 2013, and how it affects their dating life even. Plus they even sang some of Santana's Maria Maria. So uh, part two of Hiam. One, two, three. It's Kyle Mann at the Weekly Feed. We're at Bonnaroo. Uh, I've got the ladies from Hiam here. Welcome yeah. to Bonnaroo. Yeah. I actually can't believe we're here. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah. Why, why? Why this one? Well, no, because it's all—it's—it's it's like a rock and roll bucket list thing. That's I true. think for us, and I think it 
it was always kind of a dream. Yeah. First of all, Danielle already played it. Who did you play? Yeah, I played with Jenny Lewis right? four years ago. Yeah. So for us, it was kind of like, well, what? She's we gotta catch up. Played it. We gotta now. catch up. You we gotta catch it. up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was always kind of like, oh, I can't do it again there. And now that we're here, it's kind of the craziest sure. thing. I mean, you guys have, uh, I mean, First off, for what you guys have accomplished, and, and we should probably do the usual kind of story here, but what you guys have accomplished without having a full-length debut out, just off the singles out there, off the EPs out there, it's, it's kind of, I mean, it's amazing. Thank you. It's amazing. Uh, this day and age, so much music in the world, right? I mean, so much music. And to actually kind of cut through that, it's got to mean that there's something special going on, and I think that's proved itself. You're going to make me cry. This is your Barbara really Walters interview. I'm only gonna cry. Yeah. No, it's allergies. Yeah. <laughs> right to my heart. Yeah. God. Well, there's some fun stories because, you know, you, okay, so you had the family band when you were young. You had to miss, uh, there's a story about someone missing Coachella and throwing a big oh. fake because you had a gig. Oh, so yeah. had this, like, year, yeah. like, yearly stick standing sure. gig anniversary. And it's always the weekend of Coachella. Yeah. So every year we couldn't go. So 16 year old SD was really bummed out. Yeah. 16 year old SD was just bummed in general. <laughs> but really not being able, oh my God. That's the rain. That's all right. Oh my God, that's all right. Six, Alanis Morissette said six that this is a lucky. 16-year-old SD is coming out. Yeah, this, is, this, is, this was my, what my mind looked like as, as a 16-year-old. Well, you know, I mean, Bonner, you get one thing. You get the mud bowl or the dust bowl. It's part of it. Oh, the show God. goes on. So you guys, it's going to be, uh, you're going to have your glycerine moment here. We're not really used to this. <laughs> Either a mystery moment or our blind melon moment. Ah, no ring. That's right. That's right. See, well done. I see what you back. did there. See there? there is uh, someone playing here. Uh, you guys probably aren't going to stay the whole time. You got other gigs. I or... know we have to go. Yeah, yeah. and Tom Petty's playing Sunday night. Oh, there's just this, this guy. Yeah. You know. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Don't. There's something that comes around, and there's a come around. So you guys have had to deal with the new band comparisons. There's always like the Fleetwood Mac thing. So you got Tom Petty, and Tom says, "Hey, come up here and sing the Stevie Nicks part." Do you do oh it? Oh my God! Yes. Do you do if it? If Tom Petty said, "Go jump off a bridge," I would do it. <laughs> yeah. Are you kidding? I would do anything Tom Petty asked. Yeah. If Tom Petty called, would you answer? I yeah. probably would, yeah, yeah, but I wouldn't sing with okay. him. I mean, I don't have oh, the chops that you have, oh, but, you know. I feel like if Tom Petty looked clap. you in the eye and said, you need to sing just, right now, yeah. I feel like the yeah, gods would just, you would literally turn That's into... Just baby blues? Oh, How yeah. can you deny? <laughs> True, no. I think he would literally turn into Placido Domingo. Yeah. And just, it would just, you know, right it would just be like it's a really... It's almost like being knighted, you know? Yeah. Like, and here you go. Tom right. Petty now says, you, you gotta go, and then a that's what happens. Hope, you know? Yeah, you guys are close Sunday. to Sunday. I know you're gonna, gonna be like right, I'm gonna be against, up there. Like right up against the I'll do the Stevie Nick parts for you. I'll even throw a fist up in the air for you because of Trey, oh, yeah. you know? Stop dragging my... Uh, so January rolls around, you win uh, the Sound of 2013, pretty cray. which is Crazy. which is huge. I was just talking to uh, last year's winner, Michael Kiwanuka. Oh yeah, was he here? Not here. This was at uh, oh. South by. We were talking. I pointed over there. Yeah, I think well, that's I Texas. Have I think that's Texas. Yeah. But he was talking about like that really does change your life, like overnight. Like they had to prep him and everything. Like, listen, this is going to come out tomorrow, and your life's going to change. Did that happen with you guys at all? No. no. I mean, he lived in England for yeah, one. So. Yeah, we lived in LA, and by then we were already back in LA. We had just finished the fourth course machine, yeah. and um, we were kind of yeah. I don't know. It definitely like, wasn't we a life changer. Well, what happened was like we, since we were recording and like all the they had. I think they had like stand-in Himes do some stuff in England while we were recording. They found lookalikes. They found lookalikes. <laughs> yeah. So kind of honestly, but, we kind of were like yeah, so shocked by it. Yeah. That um. And we, it didn't change our lives.
guys have kind of just like lit a fire under our butts sure. to yeah. just keep working sure. and keep going for it. It was never like a thing like, let's sit on our laurels yeah, like, and bask in the glory. It was like, <laughs> wow. okay, Coasting let's work here. three yeah, million no, no, no. times harder. Yeah, really but that is cool because you hard. did do it without the full length. And I'm not sure that matters as much these days that you do have the full length. And obviously, you know, it doesn't matter as much, it seems like. But th so that's something you guys are working on. Yeah. yeah. So. You did the EPs, and there was this time, this amount of space that you did, you know, whatever the reason was. So what was the reason? You do the EPs, and now this amount of time. Is it because you signed at Columbia, and they're saying, you know, we got to craft it a certain way? Or, no, I or think it's funny. Like, we, did, we just did not expect any, like, really, like, yeah. anything really from the EP. We had been a band for six years, you know, playing our own songs all around L.A., yeah. and nothing was really going on. So when we made the EP, we kind of were like, okay, this is kind of like, we hadn't really released anything before, really. We just had stuff streaming on our mind. Yeah. Which we didn't want to release. We never like officially like release, which release means give it to our friends right. on Facebook. Right, 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 right. Did, you know? Um, so you know, looking back, maybe we should have recorded more songs during the span of time when we recorded the EP. We really didn't expect. I mean, happened, like, so. we really do. I mean, as you say, like I guess records, there's like albums, I guess aren't as popular. But to us, I mean, I've always been a record kind of person. Like there's some records that you can listen to backwards and from like start to finish, sure, sure. and it's like a whole like that's what I want our record to be like. I wish, I and mean, we got everything kind of happened so quickly, and like we got offered all these amazing tours. And what we love to do is tour automatically. Like, it doesn't matter like if I can tour, I will tour until my fingers bleed. Like I don't care. But, um, so when someone's like, hey, do you want to go on tour with Florence and the Machine? You're kind of not like, no, I'll pass. <laughs> I I'll actually yeah. take the back seat on that yeah. one. We like, freaked out. Yeah. We freaked oh, out. You yeah. can't say no She's to that. Amazing, right? She's, She's a goddess. Just She's runs amazing. around in that dress with the voice belting out. Yeah. yeah. And on top of everything, she's also like the downest chick ever. Oh yeah, the she's the goddest girl ever, and so much fun to hang out with, and like really fun, and like likes having dance parties backstage. So you, got, you guys actually get like all of the uh, the prep and everything, the do's and don'ts before you even have to properly introduce yourself to the world. Like you have all of these people that you are, they're taking you on tour. It's like, hey, yeah. here are the ropes, kids. Not well, that you exactly needed them. I mean, you guys have a history. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like we've played music together since we were babies. Right, right, right. But being able to, to be on tour with like Florence and Julian and Mumford and, and Sons yeah. has just been like, for us it's mostly it's just a party. Fun, sure. Yeah. You know? sure. So. Yeah. So speaking of the history, I don't want to be a, you know kind of a history lesson interview, but you were once signed to Columbia. You know there, there was another band and everything. Back, back in way the back. In the right day. now, for something like that, an entirely different sound. Is yeah. that at this point kind of like you know what? Is that something you're trying to escape, or is it something you kind of try to sweep under the rug? Like this is even, so no. completely different. No, no not even because we were so young when it yeah. happened, and it was such a short period of time. And right. I think that it was fun while it lasted. And we look back on it kind of like, oh yeah, that was like, you know, something fun that Danielle and I did, yeah, right. you know, for like a year, and then we realized that we really wanted to make our, you know, write our own music, really, that was like the big thing. And so we just kind of, we were like, okay, well, we'll try writing songs together, and we did, and it worked, and here we are now. So how did that come about? Because you guys kind of came from, you know, uh, growing up on classic rock and the Americana sound and everything, and that's obviously not what comes out of your music. Was there ever a point where you said, this is we want this big rhythmic sound. We, you know, where does that come from within you guys to say that's and to hear that that's what happened? I think well, our, all of our first instruments uh, were the drums. Yeah. Okay. Um, our dad's a drummer, so we learned drums when we were four. You know, each of us. I think that's kind of where our percussive element of our music. Comes. I mean, we love R&B. It's very percussive. We love Prince. 
guess it, it's the whole thing about when you learn that, yeah, you, you know, anyone, you know, musicians were kind of raised on one sound, especially when they hit their teenage years and early 20s, that just becomes a defining sound. Oh, it's so easy to play blues riff, you know, or something like right. that. Right, To kind of turn around, I guess that's the interesting twist to where you guys came from to where you are now. Well, yeah, I think that, but also, I mean, growing up, we, I mean, like Danielle said, we, our dad was on the drums when we were really, really young, but my mom was really into folk. When we were good kids, we got to listen to Top 40 radio. Yeah. You know, I mean, there was... It's a great thing. I mean, I have a kid that would never ever work. Like I'm really? like, you listen to the radio. It's like, I am gonna jump on this couch. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna go on my iPad, Dad. Right. So suck it. <laughs> no, my parents. Growing up, my parents didn't like Top 40 radio. Because yeah, yeah. I mean, because all we want to listen to was like Tupac and Biggie and TLC and Destiny's right. Child. And like right. my parents right. just did not get that music. They got some of it. Sure. They liked some of it until like a bad word came. My on. dad loved. The newer Santana record. That yeah, yeah. Out. The Rob right. Thomas yeah, one. Yeah, right, right, right. That was like Thomas the one thing. That was like the top forty <laughs> thing. Where I was like, actually, Dad, I'll pass. Yeah, like right. we don't have to listen to the radio. Yeah, actually, yeah. Listen to Rob Thomas. Um, Still playing dozens of times a day. Somewhere. Yeah, I yeah. know. I think I heard it in our hotel. Yeah, we heard Maria, Maria. Maria, Maria. Upper versions on the fly. That's the beat. Yeah. That was, yeah, that, my so that was that, yeah. That, yeah. 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 that happened. And Dad also liked Ricky Martin. Dad, dad loved Ricky Martin. My dad kind of seems Latin like that music. goes hand in hand, right? Yeah. yeah. My dad loved Latin music. Yeah. Yeah. But. So what do we expect then from the full that we haven't already heard? Uh, much of the songs on the EP, are so they going to be on there? Some or is this kind of a... Of yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of new songs that we wrote that we haven't played live yet. And then there's just some fun jams we've been playing live. It's kind of just party album. Yeah. Time's party everything. album. Well, so then with everything that's happened, and I gotta ask about this when we're gonna head into the personal life of one thing, because of an interview, you said, you know, all these songs about bad relationships. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Now you're put out. Now you're put out, you know, out there. Does that make dating easier or more difficult? I mean, really, our songs, like, I feel like a lot of our songs are an accumulation of a bunch of different stories. It's oh. not like, this is the Bob song. Yeah. Sure, no, you don't have the Adele album. Right. Oh, yeah. Sorry, Bob. Bob was the first ma- yeah. first dude name that came to my brain. Bob. Bob. Yeah. Um, this is the Bob, Bob song. But Bob, Bob Saget Bob. is going to be here. Have you enjoyed the new season? Maybe it's about Bob Saget. Bob Saget's going to be here. Bob Saget yeah, is he's here, He's going to yes. be here. Well, is he here today? Uh, he's, I know he's here on Sunday. I don't know what oh. He went to high school with my mom. Is that right? No big deal. Yeah, high school. No big deal. Yeah. But yeah, we are very poetic. We're very, we're very connected, apparently. Us <laughs> and Bob Saget? I mean, he went to high school with mom. And now you're here. And now we're here. And now we're here. Oh, yeah. no. More connections than a telephone call. Get your Danny Tanner fix while you're out. Oh, oh my Uncle god. Jesse. In my dreams. Yeah. In yeah. my dreams. Uncle, Uncle Danny. <laughs> Cut it out. Yeah. Cut it out. Cut out. Um, but yeah, on the personal note, yeah, we're yeah. very poetic with our. Sure you are, and I guess that's the thing, and, and I don't mean to make that a kind of a gender issue at all. No. That goes with anybody that writes songs about relationships. Like, okay, no. you've gone from obscurity to, to a certain sense of fame, and now here's dating in a new in a new light. Like, here's something like you have to actually worry about who you're going to wake up next to. You know? I, mean, I don't know if I'm at stage. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I'll ever be at the stage where people actually care who I'm dating. I really don't think so, but... Music's my boyfriend right now, though. He's a good boyfriend. He's a good boyfriend. Always there. Always there. Always there for me. Lends an ear. Sure. You know? Sure. Fun to snuggle with. I'm always Big Spoon. Can be angry when you need to be angry. Mm -hmm. Baby Spoon. Baby Spoon. All right. I cannot wait to hear the debut. Seriously. That's that's later this year, right? I can't wait for you to hear it either. Later this year. Okay. Okay. Hi, Thank you so much. Woo!
And my thanks to Hiam right there. Again, the new record due out this summer is called Women in Music Part 3. And thanks to you for checking out the episode. Again, I always appreciate it. If you're not a subscriber by this point, uh, please do take that moment. Uh, iTunes, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Podchaser, Anchor, wherever you get your podcast from, just type in Kyle Meredith with and uh, hit subscribe. We'll bring new episode to you every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Great way to keep up with favorite artists and discover new musicians and uh, and know what's happening in the music world. After that, head to WFPK.org. That's where you hear me every Monday through Friday at 6 p.m. Eastern. It's an hour full of song premieres, music news, anniversary spins, and bonus interviews. Again, that's WFPK.org. Consequence of Sound has your music and film news. You can also find me on just about any social media platform at Kyle Meredith. I hope you like and follow along there. That does it for another edition of Kyle Meredith. I'll see you next time. Consequence Podcast Network. Where are we in the in the world right now? <laughs> You're my second interview from a closet that I've ever done. From a closet? Oh my gosh. So you were in a closet in are Louisville, there... if that sounds scary. That's theoretically. It's your ISO booth. Oh. It's exactly it. It's easy to hear your favorite artist on WFPK from wherever you are. Listen on your smart speaker, live stream from our website at WFPK.org from Louisville Public Media. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.